say sometimes to me, Freddie, sometimes people inadvertently put you in a shelf in the closet and they close the door. And they don't realize they did it. But when they ask you where you've been, just remind them, I was where you put me. What's Let's up, go. everybody? And welcome to Rejection is a Bitch Podcast. My name is Mel. I'm a master life and relationship coach. And I partner with divorcees that are facing rejection. And I help them discover true acceptance from within. I have an amazing topic for you guys today. But before we get into it, do me a favor, hit that like button, hit the subscribe button if you haven't already, hit the notification bell so you don't miss any of my videos. Hit me in the comment section. I want to hear what you have to say about this and be sure to share this with at least one person. For anyone that's facing rejection within a parent or with your child, I have two things to share with you that are sure to mend that relationship. Be sure you stick to the end of this video and we're going to get right into it. One of the greatest gospel music stars of all time, Fred Hammond, probably my favorite of all time, is in the news. He's in the news, ladies and gentlemen, and that's because his daughter, Bree Hammond, has actually went on a reality TV show by the name of Grown and Gospel. It's pretty much either gospel artists or children of gospel artists that are trying to make their name for themselves and... Pretty much they're trying to show a real authentic side of themselves. You know, I, I honestly thought the season was very interesting. Uh, I'm not sure if it will come back for season two. But I do know that it was a lot of drama. And most of the drama was centered around Bree Hammond. I can't lie, guys. This, this kind of made me uncomfortable. A lot of this season with Bree Hammond made me uncomfortable. Because of the mere fact that it seemed one-sided. A lot of her talking points seemed one-sided. Whether that be... From the relationship of her husband, who she's married to for the second time, and it sounds like they're set to get another divorce, or the relationship between her and her father. Let's take a look at a small clip of that, and maybe you'll see what I mean. The strain on my relationship with my father has affected my career. I always wanted to follow in his footsteps, but it's almost like I would want a relationship that would involve closeness, it's just, uh, I just want my dad, you know, I just want him. It's even more challenging because you hear all the time, oh, you look just like your daddy. It's like, yeah, I do. Now, by watching this, honestly, like I said, it made me uncomfortable, made me wonder what Fred may be thinking. And a lot of these TV networks, honestly, especially when it comes to reality TV with the black sector, they seem to attack fathers, not just fathers, husbands. You know, anything that's, let's be honest, a heterosexual male gets attacked on these shows and they're not able to defend themselves. Either them not being there in totality or someone will step in and make sure the woman's narrative or the child's narrative is pushed to the forefront and the man's narrative is pushed to the back. That's just my opinion, of course. You can conjure up your own. But as soon as I heard this, Immediately, I thought, man, Fred Hammond has a pretty heavy social media presence. I wonder what he thinks about this, and I wonder if he will respond. Well, he definitely did, ladies and gentlemen. Let's hear what he had to say. I would want a relationship that would involve closeness. I just want my dad. You know, I just want him. Now, that's my child, and them tears are 100% real. No disputing that. But this woman right here is Mildred Hammond. And she would say sometimes to me, Freddie, sometimes people inadvertently put you in a shelf in the closet and they close the door. And they don't realize they did it. But when they ask you where you've been, just remind them, I was where you put me, in the closet, on the shelf. And when some of y'all finish talking about me and her like a dog, and if the people on the show make it look like a fool, 
And if she makes herself look crazy and the reality show spits her out and puts her on the side of the ground wounded, guess who's going to have to be there? With no lights, camera, or action. Ta-da! And in the end, we understand that reality shows can't really do anything because ratings is king and love don't pay the bills. But when the smoke clears from this one, let's see if no weapon formed against me shall prosper work for the Hammond family. One more time. That's some pretty powerful stuff by Fred. The most powerful thing that he says is what his mom said. Sometimes people inadvertently put you in a closet and not realize where they put you. What could he possibly be referring to here? Let's go down the path. If you guys don't know, Bree Hammond's mother and Fred Hammond were once married. And based on all accounts, it looks like that marriage ended badly. But based on everything Bree showed during this season of groaning gospel, it looks like she completely took her mother's side. Rather than be currently or when the divorce initially happened, she is completely on the side of her mother. And throughout this season, there was a lot of mention of Fred being the villain in the divorce and the mom being the victim. And Bree and her younger brother having to support their mother rather than be financially or emotionally. She talks about how her mother went without money. And Bree eventually started to do things that, you know, she's not proud of to make up the difference of the money that her mom needs. Now, guys, it's time for a little bit of speculation because every detail, of course, is not available for us. But if we use context clues, it's easy to determine that Bree pushed her father away. Let's hang on that word that Fred said that his mother told him, inadvertently push you away. Based on that, it sounds like Fred has made attempts at reconciling the relationship between him and Bree, and Bree actually probably doesn't have any recollection of it. Here's a bit of evidence that she doesn't remember what happened. Your father recently went on his Instagram, made his own um, verbal statement about your scene with your mom. Was that the first time your father responded to the show or did he talk to you personally before that video? That was the first time he responded to the show. I was actually very shocked uh, when I saw it immediately because here's the difference. Again, our generation, we're super open, right? And we like, let's have the conversation. My dad's generation, our parents' generations, they're like, look, I'm the daddy, I'm the mama, just hear what I say and that's what it is. Okay. When he started saying the stuff about putting me on the shelf, I'm I'm seeing it through my trauma lens, right? I think he's talking about me and saying that I put him on a shelf. When, where, how? Because from my perspective, I've been begging for help. I've been begging for mentorship and affirmation. So if if that was pertaining to me, I would love to have a conversation about that. Dad, if you're watching, might not be today, tomorrow, this year. Can we talk? All I've ever wanted was to please my father. All I've ever wanted was to be a great representation of him and our family name and our God and all of that. So when I heard, oh, some people put me on the show, am I some people? Am I that some people? And if so, I'm sorry. What did I do? What? Where did I go wrong? Where did I miss it? Now, as you can see, Bree is actually in the conversation with the devil on earth. I believe Carlos King is one of the most evil people on this earth. I think he's deliberately destroying families for views. He's deliberately destroying men for views and for content. You can't point to any show that he's been a part of or produces that uplifts heterosexual black men. And if anybody knows about communities, anybody knows about a culture, you know that it can be easily destroyed when the women are uplifted and the men are devalued. That's just common sense. 
But Carlos King does that with every show, and Groaning Gospel isn't excluded from that. But if you listen to Bree, you hear her saying she doesn't remember. She says she's the one that's been reaching out. She's the one that's been searching for a relationship with her father. So how can both of these be true? Fred can't be saying he's the one that reached out and not getting a response, and Bree can't say she's the one that's reaching out and didn't get a response. Which one of these are true? Well, ladies and gentlemen, you're looking at someone that experienced this exact scenario. My parents are divorced, and I initially took my mother's side, heavily took my mother's side, and completely rejected my father. My father made several attempts to tell me his side of the story, to build a new foundation, to build a new relationship with me, and with every attempt, I rejected him. What I had in my mind is that my mother was the victim, and that you completely destroyed our family. I had in my mind that you are the cause of every piece of damage that we all have. But there was a few things that happened for me that really changed my viewpoint for my dad. The first thing, I started to go through my own issues and see the true nature of someone flipping your life upside down. The life that you created, the life that you hoped to have was completely transformed based on someone else's decisions. I had to see a life of me sleeping in my car. I had to see a life of me having to build myself from the ground up for me to completely empathize, in some ways sympathize with my dad. I had to get my own internal healing. The second thing I did is I had to get my dad's side of the story. Up until this point, I had always taken my mom's side. Up until this point, I hadn't even thought about the fact that this marriage is mutual. If anything, it was two people messing up throughout the years. So the dissolvement of that marriage has dual ownership. It's not just on him. It's not just on her. So how dare I hold him more accountable than I would her. The fact of the matter is their marriage had nothing to do with me. It was their marriage. And a good parent will completely keep their kids out of their marriage, completely keep their kids out of any arguments, and completely keep their kids out of the divorce proceedings. And I'm going to stick up for men for just a moment. There's too many women out there that are weaponizing their children. I didn't say all women, but there are so many women out there that are weaponizing their kids. And men fall prey to that and start to do it themselves. But I give my dad complete kudos. He never threw my mom under the bus. There were times throughout maybe the years he did, but during the divorce proceedings, he never threw her under the bus. He allowed us to see things for ourselves. And I actually want to show a small clip of an interview my dad and I did a couple years ago that talked about how we came back together. Me and my dad went about a year almost, you would say that, probably without talking to each other. Mm-hmm. And it's sitting around, my mom and my dad got a divorce, and I was in between. I probably took it harder than anybody. I don't know why. I was already grown. But I've always took it, taken their issues harder than anybody. Like, I don't know why. But I took it hard. And so at the time, I was in between who to believe and leaning more toward my mom's side, I would admit, just to be real. Uh, it was along the lines of dad finding, you know, his new wife. It was your birthday party that we just set it off. And we just, we over this, so we just talking about it just, just to help maybe heal somebody else. He was introducing us to my new wonderful, amazing stepmom. <laughs> <laughs> now, what happened, to, in my perspective, and you can tell any side you would like that, that we came to the party and we saw her and her family there. Me and my siblings. So in my mind, I was getting everybody prepared because I was like the leader of the, of the flock. I was getting everybody prepared. All right, y'all, you got a girlfriend. That's fine. 
He can move on. He grown. You know, he grown. <laughs> but when he introduces, he said, I want to introduce you all to somebody. This is my fiance. And it shocked us first. That's one thing. But when everybody else knew about it at the party, I was like, bro, we don't want to hear that don't know, you know. So that was the thing that took us back. Anything you want to talk about from that part yet before we get into the reconciliation and how we uh, came back together? Yeah, I'm not sure who all knew I was engaged at that point. Oh, okay. but I made it, made sure the divorce was final. It, it drug on for about two years. And the reason why I didn't tell y'all all that up front because I would have been crushed if y'all hadn't came to the party. No and doubt. I, I figured one of y'all or all of y'all would have skipped out if I told y'all that ahead of time. Yep. kind of We kind of debated on should we tell them, when should we tell them, how should we tell them. But uh, that would have that would have hurt me if y'all hadn't came to my party. So that's why it was done like that. So maybe that's clearing the air. But now what I want to talk about is, the, is what I went through, you know, when the time we wasn't talking. I talked about you almost every day. <laughs> if you don't know, like somebody heard me say something about you, you know, either a complaint or a memory or something, you know, somebody heard it, whether it's my ex or people at work or whatever, to the point I had a, I don't know, call him a friend or acquaintance or whatever, to the point he was giving me rides to a bus, to, to ride the bus at one point. Every time I get in the car, I'd be like, yeah, man, my dad, I can't believe he ain't called me. I can't believe, I can't believe. I say stuff, you know, just wondering, like, why you ain't reached out, you know, the whole time. He mm -hmm. one day, I guess he got fed up. He said, "Uh, man, ain't you a grown man? <laughs> yeah. like, ain't you a grown man? Talk about your daddy every day. You call him if you need to, or if you, you know whatever." Yeah. <laughs> so he said that like something clicked. That was the first time something clicked. Like I am just sitting here crying, like <laughs> and whining every day. Instead of doing something about it or leave it alone, you can talk about on your side, like what what type of thoughts did you have, you know, during that year that we wasn't talking. Yeah, I reached out to all three of y'all uh, via text, and I pretty much got a negative response from oh yeah, I, from I you. remember that. But I was kind of giving it time. I was like, uh, I did my part, and then the ball was in your court, and then I felt like uh, time heals all wounds and uh and we, we prayed about it and and put it in god's hand and then we saw other people that were close to going through the same thing so i, I feel like if god did it for them he can do it for me right. so we just waited it out and then i waited till the right time uh to talk to you i think around your birthday yeah I, ironically i reached out to you uh when i got when i moved to east texas and started a new job so right. I said, I said, uh, I need your information so I can put you on as a beneficiary. <laughs> <laughs> I answered that quick. <laughs> you ever got uh, back in touch with me in, in years? <laughs> yeah, I said, uh, okay, <laughs> he he he's still smart. <laughs> no, no, if something happened to me, he can be a uh, somewhat of a beneficiary. Right. We reached out to you all that way, and then we ended up talking uh, on your birthday, and I kind of let you know why uh, certain things were the way they were with, with me and your mother. But I used to always, you know, teach y'all 
the 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 truth is going to stand when you when you tell the truth uh you don't have to have a good memory and and lie because the truth is going to stand alone and lies have a little leg little legs it's just a matter of time before they catch up with you and uh so some of the things that i tried to do as the man and as the father no shade on her but she prevented and at, at a certain point i got tired and i kind of had that feeling of it's just a matter of time because one thing a man is not going to put up with continuously is disrespect and the other part ain't going to go into the other part but man the most important thing for a man is to feel respected the most important thing for a woman is to feel love and uh that's that's in the bible right and uh and that's true so that once I explained that to you, it seemed like that kind of broke the ice and we got we got back on track. What you did that day, you know, because it was it was amazing that you reached out because I was at one of my lowest points. Cause that's when me and me and my ex had just separated. I was in between jobs, I believe. I just didn't know where I was about to go. That was the beginning of this journey that led led to me who I am right now. So for you to come, that was like I mean, the money was was needed at the time, but more than anything, it was like my dad reaching out to me, you know, like finally. It was kind of after the guy had told me, man, you're a grown man, you know, it was all that leading up to I, I was ready at that time. It's like everything had aligned itself perfectly for me, for you to come that day, you know, and for you to reach out and be so open. And then you allow me to express myself to you and was, you know, it was kind of a tough conversation, but you accepted you know, and and that's that was everything to me. So that's that's the healing I needed. What I had to do is forgive you, not just for that moment or the of the your birthday party, but I forgave you for history because I think every man needs to forgive their mom. Most moms are <laughs> just overbearing. They loving, but they overbearing and they call the kids. They you know what I'm saying they set them up for failure in a lot of, in a lot of ways and. It takes it takes a father there to balance that out to say, hey, you know, don't do this this time, don't do this that time. So, a lot of times I harbor anger towards you because at time Mama will be the predominant voice, you know, and just mm -hmm. really setting us up for failure and just dominating us all day, you know, because mm -hmm. the drill sergeant. Like I ain't trying to talk bad about Mom. I'm just saying that's mm -hmm. what would happen, and mm -hmm. you need that father there. But you, you know, was so busy. Mm -hmm. I'll praise to you for what you did for working. Mm -hmm. You were so busy doing that that at times that will put me me either put me in that position to do that for pressure them mm -hmm. or nobody there to do it. So I forgave you not only for that day at the birthday party, but I also forgave you for harboring hatred towards you or anger towards you for mm -hmm. not being there at times. So yeah. That liberated me completely. Yeah. So, so, like what Tyler Perry says, forgiveness is not for the other person, it's for you. It yeah. liberates you. It yeah. sets you free. And it wasn't nothing I did intentionally wrong towards you. Okay. I was, you know, working night and day. So sometimes I didn't know what was going on as much. And then sometimes she wouldn't share with me as much. Mm hmm and allow me to take that proper place as the disciplinary as in the head of the house. So That's true. It, it works both ways. A man should take charge, but a woman should also allow him to, to lead. 
Mm-hmm. So, and if not, it's going to be a, a clash. And right. it's not going to be blessed if it's out of order. If you can say anything lastly to, to you know, any last words to any fathers out there that's in that position, how to, to stay in that fight. Because we have some advisors that will say, hey, man, just just let it go. It's gonna have. It's gonna work itself out. Like pretty much what you said earlier, or would you would you advise to keep calling and keep reaching out? Like which one would you believe that you believe that would be the the best approach? Yeah, I believe, and you should never give up. You know, uh, keep reaching out, uh, keep praying, keep believing, keep the faith. And um, you know, I'm gonna say what a, what I heard a, a superintendent say on this morning from down here. Instead, regarding hurt, you know, the first thing you got to do is acknowledge the hurt, and uh, don't don't try to sweep it under the rug, and don't try to be real real macho and different things that like stuff don't bother you because right. if it bothers you, it bothers you, and it don't matter if it don't bother nobody else, it bothers you, and mm-hmm. I, I learned that, and a lot of mistakes I made being a young man and young husband that I'm trying to do better now, and the secondly. You got to do the main word that you said today is forgive. So you you have to forgive that person in order to for you to heal and in order for you to move on. And if we want God to forgive us, we have to forgive others. And it, it don't matter who it is. And and thirdly, lastly, we have to trust God through the process. Trust God through the process, and knowing that if we're doing everything according to his word and his will is going to work in our favor. You know, our first lady said today, all things are going to work together for the good to them uh, that, that love the Lord. And something good is going to come out of this, even though you having the hurtful times and hurtful situations, you have to know that if you're in God's will, something good is going to come out of this. So I, I'm thankful that something good came out of out of both of our hurts, because it, it hurt hurt me to leave my my family after so long. That wasn't an easy task, but you know I, I made, made up my mind, and we mutually agreed. And now I know I'm better off, and I, I hope all of us are better off. You yeah. know that that's that's your mom is the mother of my three kids, so I wish the best for her too. But I know I got the best of. So. <laughs> <laughs> I got the best end of it. So I'm giving a shout out to all the fathers. It's it's not too late to try to make up amends for the lost time. Uh, be there for your kids. If you can't be there in the same household, be there in some way, shape, or form for your kids. Because believe me, it makes a difference. And you can tell the difference between people who didn't have fathers in their life. But on the other hand, there's no excuses either because a lot of people didn't have fathers and didn't have good father figures or any parents for that matter, but they still turn out to be successful and have to have good, good godly success. So don't make excuses because you don't have a father, but fathers, you do play a major role regardless to what anybody says. Now, this interview I did here with my dad was actually in response to another gospel artist that was into it with their child, which is Carrie Ann Franklin and Kurt Franklin. And we were talking about the fact that if my dad and I can do it, so can Kirk and Carrie Ann. And I have that same hope for Fred and Bree. I know for a fact that this relationship can be mended, but it's going to take Bree to do more than Fred, in my opinion. 
if you watch this season, you know it didn't take much for Bree to show that she's like a, a big ball of emotion. You know, she's crying every other scene. And I'm not saying that crying is, is an issue. Crying is good in some aspects. But if you can't stand to the face of adversity at any point and you have to break down in tears, it shows that you really have some internal work to do. You really have some things to figure out on your own. And that's a spiritual issue, ladies and gentlemen. And our spiritual nature is connected to God. And the way that God works when it comes to our issues, he works inside out. If you want external relationships to be healed, you got to heal what's going on on the inside first. Inside out. There's no external issue. There's no external relationship that will be mended until you mend everything that's going on inside of you. This message is not just for Bree, although I would love if she saw this. This message is for anyone that's struggling with your relationship with your father. Get his side of the story. Do not reject your father based on someone else's side of the story. Hear from him and do with that what you will. But you heard Fred Hammond from his own mouth. He's waiting on Bree with open arms. He loves his daughter. Our relationship with our earthly father is very similar to our relationship with our heavenly father. Fathers are very forgiving. You could do so many things to your father, and he'd be right there. This is not a video to disparage women or mothers, but it's to highlight that fathers matter. Not only do they matter, but a good relationship with your father can bring complete wholeness to your life. I'm rooting for Bree. I'm rooting for you. Let's mend these relationships today. And if this situation is very familiar to you, if you can relate to this and you would like to get on the other side of that rejection, I would love to be your coach. My website is lifecoachingmymail.com and my email is mailcoaching at yahoo.com. I would love to connect with you today. Let's grow.